The views and opinions expressed by individuals on the following program do not necessarily reflect those of the network, Guys Guy Radio, and its platforms. It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guys Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think, feel, and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. And once again, this week is no exception. Today, we're going to talk about what women want. Isn't that the million dollar, let's make it a billion dollar question. And there's so many different answers we can get. Just ask any woman. And I think you're going to have a lot of fun with today's show. Our special guest is Sandy Weiner. She is a successful author and dating coach. And she's written a couple of books about dating called the Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love, and she's got another one, The Secrets, who's setting healthy boundaries in dating. And we're going to get into all of that and much, much more today on Guys Guys Radio. You know, the name of the show is Guys Guys Radio, and we go in so many different directions beyond just men and dating and relationships, although that is kind of the foundation and source material for Guys Guys Radio. When I started out, I wrote the novel, the Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. And it is, once again, it's a novel. It's not a how-to book per se, but it uses the power of story to communicate a message I put together about the state of modern men and our weird, odd world and our dating styles. And it's been heralded as the men's successor to Sex in the City. It's a lot of fun. It's a rom-com, if you like that sort of thing. And both guys and women seem to really enjoy it. Women see it as a peek behind the curtain into that world of men that I describe, and guys see it for the first time as like, hey, this is us. I wrote the book a couple of years ago, but the themes are the same, because there's some truisms and some truths, if you will, that just don't change over time, and that is love, sex, relationships, how the sexes interact with each other, and this growing communication chasm between the sexes. So if you're heterosexual and you're, you know, a guy dating a woman and vice versa, a lot of my work is for you. I don't claim to be an expert. This is based on my experience and all of the dating and relationship coaches I've interviewed. I've come to some points of view that I write about in my uh, blog on my website, robertmanny.com. And I like to, every once in a while, bring some relationship coaches onto the show to help inform men and women as to some of the issues, those classic issues that never go away, like communication, how men think, how women think, what do men want, what do women want, because it's important and it doesn't change. Uh, the perspectives change. There's been kind of a, I don't want to say a muddying, but an overlap in terms of uh, the divine masculine, a divine feminine. Men are finding and being more in touch with their feminine side, and that's not a bad thing. That doesn't mean they're being... Uh, feminine per se, it means they're being in touch with a different side of themselves, and women on the same vein are being more in touch with their masculinity. And uh, 
I don't mean that in the terms of that they're men. They're not men, but both women and men, I think you will agree, have feminine and masculine sides. And it's good to be able to balance those, particularly in such a rapidly changing world. And the bottom line is, there's not enough love in this world. So anything that we can do on the show, on Guys Guys Radio, to talk about love and to help people understand each other and help push love to the forefront and help people choose love over fear in their decision-making and have respect for themselves and value themselves and value their partners and prospective partners, the better off we're going to be. And that's what we're going to cover today on Guys Guys Radio. And I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation. We've done over 400 and we're just approaching 450 shows. This will be our third show on UK Health Radio. So although we're not per se all about health in a traditional standpoint, we're about having a healthy body, mind, and spirit for sure. And that's why we were invited to join the team on the UK Health Radio internet platform that's worldwide and has 1.3 million monthly listeners and growing. As you know, we're also on KCAA in Southern California, where we've been for the last, I think we're going on our fourth year there. I've been doing my podcast for a few years before then, and we've interviewed over 700 thought leaders from a variety of areas, everything from spirituality, wellness, fitness, diet. We've interviewed New York Times bestselling authors, award-winning journalists, celebrities, film stars, actors, actresses, sports figures, and just all different types of folks who have something to share and to add value to the show which then in turn adds value to your life. And that's what we're all about here on Guys Guys Radio. So I think you're going to really enjoy my conversation with Sandy. She is simpatico with me in terms of we both use our body, mind, and spirit in terms of making decisions about how we manage our dating and relationship processes. And we both think about respecting and valuing ourselves first so we can then value and accept and respect the people we interact with and hopefully our partners. So please join me for my interview with Sandy Weiner here on Guys Guys Radio. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, the interview portion of our show. I've got a very special guest. I've been on her show, and she's been on my show, and she's back again. Her name is Sandy Weiner. Let me tell you a little bit about her. She's the host of the Last First Date Radio podcast, and uh, she's also a author of the book, The Woman of Value, an internationally known TEDx speaker, dating and relationship coach, women's empowerment coach, NLP certified coach, author, and podcast host. And she believes a woman of value gets the respect she deserves in love and life. And today we're going to talk about women and dating and what women want, guys. So pay attention. And I think the ladies will enjoy this one also. So let's uh, start with uh, how did you kind of your personal journey? I was reading about it, but for the benefit for our audience, Sandy, and welcome to the show, first of all, is a happy new year. How did you get into the uh, the career you're in now? It's a kind of a second career. You, like myself, were corporate life, and you decided to make a change based on things that were happening with you, and you had a very interesting marriage and uh, occupation you were involved in, and then you made the change. 
Yeah. So thank you for having me on your show. Always good to connect. We've been on each other's shows in the past and you more recently were recorded for my show, but we're going to air it a little later in January. I think maybe even next week. Um, Yeah. How did I get into this? I was actually never in the corporate world. I was an artist. I worked in many capacities as an artist and I was married to a comedian. I wrote comedy. I helped direct comedy when we were together. We had a TV show on Nickelodeon together. It was a lot of fun. We were great work partners, not great life partners. And um, when I got divorced, it was sort of this wake up call to who am I? And we get to reclaim who we are, who we were. We have an opportunity to recreate ourselves. And I, I saw divorce as an opportunity to do that. I had always loved psychology, always known as the girl that everybody came to, even in high school. Anybody had a problem, they'd come to me. And so I decided to go back to school, study to become a certified life coach, and kind of got into the dating part of it because my friends were dating and making a mess of it. And I was just, I wasn't dating yet. I took a few years to kind of regroup and start my new business and make sure my kids were doing okay. But my friends were just like dating anyone who asked them out. They were not being selective at all. They were posting really vague profiles that didn't really say anything about them in particular. Their photos were terrible. I mean, this is from somebody who had never done online dating, but I just knew they were doing it all wrong. And so I started helping them. I rewrote their profiles. I did all this stuff without knowing what I was doing, really. And then I realized I really like this work because I myself was studying all this stuff. I was starting to study how to do relationships better and how to date again and really fix the mistakes that I had made in my marriage because I knew that I was partially at fault. I mean, we all takes two. And when I was learning all these new skills, I was teaching them to people. And I just said, you know what? I really want to focus on dating, relationships, empowerment. And it's, it's just been an amazing career for about 14 years now. Wow. Amazing. So uh, you were in a long-term marriage and it happens so often where um, the couples split up. And sometimes uh, from speaking with a lot of men, a lot of times guys get quote unquote blindsided that they thought that the relationship was okay and maybe it settled into a comfort zone for them. And the way guys can be sometimes is if everything feels okay, they don't really say too much. And sometimes they don't hear, they don't listen and they don't pay attention as closely as they need to, to their partner. And often what happens is they get blindsided where they didn't realize that their partner was unhappy and had been attempting to communicate that unhappiness and the issues to them, and they just weren't hearing it. What what happens? How do, is that? Am I accurate? And how does this occur? Yeah, I think that when first of all we have to know how to bring stuff up. We had a pattern in our relationship where I really wanted to talk things out, and he really hated conflict. So I would I would start a conversation, and he would walk away. And I kept feeling like the door was slamming in my face. It felt terrible. I wanted to stay. I wanted to make it work. But we weren't really moving towards intimacy because we weren't talking things out. And so we went to therapy several times and he just didn't see the need. He didn't see that there was anything wrong on his part. 
I think in our case, he grew up in a home where it felt loving. And so he felt like, well, I don't really have a problem. You do because your parents got divorced when you were older and there was a lot of yelling in my house. It was pretty overt. In his house, there was stuff going on, but it was covert. And so he believed everything was fine. Why do I have to do any work? And so at the end, when I realized I had to leave, I couldn't stay anymore. It was like an anvil over the head. That's the only way I can describe it. Up until that point, I I said I wanted to leave several times because I wasn't happy, but I didn't do it. This time I had made up my mind. And I think he saw, wow, she's really serious. And he actually got some help. He started to study nonviolent communication and he learned how to process his emotions for the first time. But it was too little, too late. And I think it happens often where people don't see the urgency or the fact that there's a lot at stake. So I urge anybody who's listening to this that if somebody says to you, this hurts my feelings, or I'm really upset and I feel like we're repeating patterns take them seriously and really get the help you need because it can't just be one person doing all the work. Amazing. And now are you on good terms? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, we're in great terms. In fact, uh, we were talking today, my, my youngest daughter is staying with him. We live about a mile away and my oldest daughter lives in Israel and she has the flu. And so when my, my youngest daughter was FaceTiming me over breakfast this morning and my ex-husband walks into into the room and he starts talking to me and he says, have you spoken to our daughter? Um, she really doesn't feel well. What do you think? I'm like, like he trusts my medical intuition. Cause I've been very good with that with the kids. And he was like, so worried. And then my youngest daughter says, Oh, I forgot that you two parented the same children. <laughs> it was just like, like this. Oh, of course you're going to be talking about your kids together. No, we, Totally. But it took a long time to get there. And it, it took a lot of, I would say, work on both of our parts. The, the main things that got in the way, the parenting issues that we had, because we parented so differently and in opposition to each other, those things are off the table now. So there's very little to fight about. You know, money, not an issue anymore. Kids, not an issue. Fantastic. So you then emerged and you developed this brand, this personal brand, last date, last first date, kind of your brand and what woman want the book on the last first date radio, but also it's kind of what you stand for. So you had to get back in the saddle, though. You had to before after your, you know, your marriage dissolved, you had to get back at it and because you're a young, vital woman, attractive, smart and a lot to offer. So how did you approach that? And then how did you realize that you had the tools to put together a brand? And that you could help other people with it? That's a lot of questions. <laughs> uh-huh. Let's start with getting back out there. I So after about two years, I was ready. I had started to establish my business. My kids felt pretty settled by then. There was still a lot going on with the divorce, but I sat them down and I said, I'm going to start dating. And I just want you to know that I'm never going to replace your father, that I will never introduce you to anybody that I'm not serious about. So you will not meet a revolving door of men that I go out with. And I had a conversation with them and they told me what they wanted. And my son was really funny. He was probably 16 at the time. 
And he said, Mom, I'm okay with you dating. Just, first of all, he said, just don't ever get married again. The second (laughs) thing he said was, he said, I don't really understand why you need a man because you are like a man and a woman. (laughs) And that was quite sobering for me to hear because that's how they saw me. I was doing everything. And so I had to really take take their words into to heart and start to really work on how I was showing up in the dating world. Because in the beginning, when I started dating and I put myself online, well, I had this idea that I'm going to go online and I'm going to get like a million dates and it's going to be so complicated. And and of course, it didn't happen that way. I um, I went on one of these matching sites like eHarmony where there's a matchmaker actually who was matchmaking and it was terrible. <laughs> the matches were terrible. And I am a take charge person. So some just passively waiting for somebody to figure out what I wanted was not working. So it's, it was just a process. It was almost like, uh, I would call myself like a behavioral scientist. I like to analyze things. I like to see what's working, what's not. And I started to meet some wonderful men on other dating sites and had a few relationships that were wonderful for the time they were. And um, But I, I think through the process of going back to coaching school and really learning what to look for, like core values, the things that were really important, I had more clarity about myself. I knew who I was. I knew what I wanted. And I think as as I dated, I got more and more clear about that. And I think a lot of people out there who are dating are really dating in the dark. They just keep making the same mistakes over and over. They have no idea why things aren't working. And that's really what brought me to do this work because I realized that I was not typical. And yeah. So uh, you got right into online dating. So you were there at that time frame. Do you find um, the dating skills that are necessary for today's daters have to be able to straddle online and offline? Are there different skills there? And can you rely on one or the other? I mean, a lot of times with uh, young folks, particularly that they just do everything online or on their phone, whereas back in the day, it was like, hi, I'm Luke and I buy you a drink. And there was something to be said for that because you had to put yourself out there. What's your take as a woman and what advice would you give to men about uh, what women want in terms of uh, an an approach and how to manage online versus offline dating for women and for men? Sorry, and a bunch of questions again. Okay, (laughs) I'm trying to follow. Where am I answering? Well, first of all, I do believe in a balanced approach. I don't think anybody should do all of one thing. When I work with clients, I teach them skills to use offline and online. Because you want to be aware of what's going on around you when you're out in the world. You should not just be staying home and waiting for this person to just show up. So I I think that's true of people, men, women, anybody who's out there dating should, should really diversify their approach, get out there and socialize, join clubs, join groups that, that have people that do what you love. I belong to Toastmasters and I've been going for about 10 years now. And it's a great place to meet people. I've joined improvisation groups, comedy, you know, just things that push me out of my comfort zone where I meet people who are also into self-growth, into having fun, inner child, all that fun stuff. 
So yeah, it takes a different skill set. I think we often just focus on online dating and then say it doesn't work. And it does work if you know what you're doing. So that's a whole other podcast. (laughs) Um, But you asked me something else about getting yourself out there. What techniques? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Kind of. Can you? Well, about straddling online and offline, which you covered. But I think just the the first step. What would be your advice to people who are recently divorced, who have broken up in a long term relationship, and they're forty plus, and they need to get themselves out there? And particularly for women, it's not easy to put yourself out there. Men, men also. But putting yourself out there, what are what are the like the first three things people need to do before they enter the dating world? Because it could move very quickly, as you know. Uh, if it's online, it's like it's, a, it's wild, the wild west out there. Everybody's got a different style and how they approach online dating. You don't know if it's a one on one thing. You don't know if it's the other person dating ten other people. What are some of the steps that can, people can take, men and women, when you're getting back into the uh, dating pool? Well, I can tell you that when I work with a client before they even get back into the dating pool, I have them start with a few assessments to understand themselves better. Mm-hmm. So the first assessment I have them do is a wheel of life and you can find them online. And it basically it'll show what part of your life is a little off balance. You know, obviously your love life is off balance because you're out there dating, but what about your fun and recreation? Are you doing fun things? Are you playful enough? Because that's a big part of dating is knowing how to be playful and relaxed and have fun and as well as be serious. Then there's personal growth. Are you learning and growing? You know, the the best dates, the people who are most dateable are people who are on a self-growth journey and never stops. So I would say, look at, look at the parts of your life and see where you can make some, some improvements. The other assessments are a saboteur assessment, and you can find that under positiveintelligence.com. Uh, I think that's the website. And basically, it's I took a training in this saboteur, in this program, and, and it breaks down the negative voices that we hear or the, the ways that we judge ourselves. And so if you tend to be like a a stickler. That's one of the saboteurs, a stickler. So if you tend to be a stickler and you're picking out every little thing, be aware that you're now super critical of every single person you meet. Maybe you're super critical of yourself, right? But you having that awareness, you can do something about it. Then there's the hyperachiever, the people who are the people pleasers. These are all tendencies that we can work on so that we don't bring them to our dating world. And then the attachment styles. Detachment styles are such a big part of how we date, who we date, how we attach securely or insecurely to people. And if you know that in the past, you have always been really anxious in your attachment, you've been attached and attracted to people who are really avoidant, who are cold. You want to break that pattern because it's really unhealthy and it's crazy making be aware of these patterns so that you can start to break them. So it's not just a matter of just sign up online and everything's going to be great. You really have to understand yourself first. And then I would say, really know your must-haves and your deal breakers. And most people don't know how to do that either. So that's why having coaches is really helpful. You know, like I had a conversation with a guy and he said, so is 
short hair on your must-have list? Because I have long hair. And I'm like, hair is not on my list. Like, it's just, (laughs) it's not a character trait. But people have these crazy things. I've talked to women who wanted a man with a full head of hair, and they were like 75 years old. I mean, that's narrowing her her whole pool (laughs) down, right? And it's... People miss amazing matches because they have lists that are so unrealistic. And that includes education. And I know for a lot of people, they want people with higher degrees of education. Maybe you have a PhD. And then I always say to them, do you know brilliant people who never went to college? Yes. And we could look in all the Steve Jobs out there. There are people who are who have gone to college and have PhDs who are really not very brilliant. And so if you're using these measures to measure how you're going to date and who you're going to date, you're going to miss people potentially who could be an amazing match. And so I'm just going to throw out one more thing because, I mean, this is really about doing the deeper work, but how you feel when you're with somebody is so much more important than any of those traits. So checking in with yourself. Does this person bring out the best of me? Are we laughing together? Do I feel attractive in that person's presence? Are they attracted to me or am I attracted to them? I mean, just all of these things that have nothing to do with pedigree and looks and all of these things that we get tripped up on. Makes perfect sense. And I like what you say about the the, the list, if you will, because the name of your book is Woman of Value. And it seems like the, the deal breakers, the must-haves, uh, and I think you would agree with this, Sandy. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, it should be value based, um, mm-hmm. not not like physical characteristics per se, because you could really be limiting yourself. So my special guest on Guys Guys Radio today is Sandy Weiner. She is the host of Last First Date Radio and also the author of What Women Want. Uh, excuse me, Woman of Value. But I want to get to the billion dollar question: Is Sandy did some research for us today? Um, what women want. So she talked to her team and all the folks she knows out there, uh, her followers, and they gave us some information to share. So bring it on, Sandy. What do women want? All the guys out there want to know. And so, we, only have, um, we, don't, we only have a 45-minute show. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so I can share what they said, and then I'll share some of my tips. Um, right. I found it really interesting. So one woman said, if a man is dating other people, then she prefers that he directly say this instead of having it come as a surprise. And, you know, I think in general, and so I want to address this because in general, when you're online dating today, everybody's dating other people, unless you're exclusive, you're dating other people. And so I would tell this woman that she should expect him to be dating other people until they become exclusive. And then A lot of people say, but, you know, we said we were exclusive and then he still had his profile open. Exclusivity has to be communicated. What is it to you? So if to you, it means (laughs) close your profile. You're not talking to anybody else. We're only dating each other. We exchange STD results. I mean, we really have to know ourselves and not expect men to be mind readers. Uh, So I think this is a case where we really want to be able to communicate these things. Yeah, and it's, a, it's about, on, I think part of that is about honesty also. If somebody's, you, it's, it's an integrity issue. Yeah, a quick story, which I told on your show, Sandy, is when I started dating my wife, who's uh, my wife now, uh, she, had, she was going through a split up and 
she was on match for a couple of days and I met her and we went out a few times and uh, then I stayed online and she said, what are you doing online? I said, oh, aren't you online too? And she said, no, why don't we date each other and see what happens? And then if it doesn't work out, we'll go out with other people. And I was like, hmm, that's a novel idea. <laughs> right. Oh, I said, okay. And here we are married 13 years. So, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing what you can do when you have that type of clarity in communication. So correct. What else do women want? Yeah. So it brings me to my next point, which is about open communication. Uh, A lot of people talked about that. They want people to be consistent in their communication, whether it's by text or phone or in real life, mean what you say, show in your actions and your words. So that's, that's important. I think for both sexes, just really pay attention, have integrity in general. Let's see. Um, A lot of them said they want to know that men have done some work to try and understand why relationships didn't work out in the past. I I think that a lot of women get frustrated that men don't do the same kind of therapy or introspection as women tend to do. Um, You want me to just keep going? Yeah, definitely. What we're talking about, folks, is Sandy Weiner, our expert on what women want today, is going to tell us about all the things that women have told her that they want from men. And these are very insightful. These are very fresh and they make perfect sense. So please keep going. Other women said they wish men would have hard conversations instead of avoiding painful topics. And I've seen this even with my clients who are in relationships where the man will avoid conflict at all costs. And I think you and I talked about that on my show, too. It, it's it's very easy to avoid conflict. You know, I was talking about my ex-husband at the beginning of this episode. It's it's hard Be, when conflict was not modeled for us in a way that was healthy, where we're not attacking, but we're actually resolving. It's really hard for both men and women. So I think just really talk stuff out. That's a big, big thing. Communicate, talk it out. Don't avoid things. Um, Treat me with respect, be open, have truthful conversations. And uh, let's see. One person said men go into what I call salesman mode when they talk about <laughs> themselves. <laughs> so as to number one, sell themselves and possibly number two, see how good a listener we are. And number three, have a therapy session. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of women feel that men are there to just dump their problems out. And again, I want women to take responsibility for being on the receiving end and not doing anything about it. Like if you're just a good listener and you don't say anything, men are going to keep talking because they feel comfortable with you. So if you're not interested in being a therapist, you need to really redirect the conversation. You know, what's interesting, Sandy, is everything you've come up with, it hasn't been about the job or the money or the power or any of that stuff. It's all about does the person... Does the, are the guys working on themselves? Are they striving to improve themselves? Are they striving to improve their, their dating and relationship skills? That seems so important. Yeah. And then the planning. They really love when man, men take a few days to you know, plan the date. They give them a few days notice. They don't just do a last minute, are you up kind of last minute booty call. And it's not just because it feels more respectful. It's also because a lot of times women want to know what kind of date are we going on? How should I dress? 
you know, and again, I tell women to ask these questions, you know, just what do you have in mind so that they can prepare. But if men could just take a minute and, and plan a little bit, it would go so far to ingratiate them to women. Um, I think that's very fair and it's called consideration. And uh, I think you're spot on that. uh, And the ladies are spot on that a lot. These are a lot of things that guys don't think about and uh, and they need to. And I think just taking that, the effort will have huge benefits. I always say that this is the best time ever to be a man, because if you do the right thing, if you're, if you are, uh, you can be anybody who you want to be, even though it's, not that clear who men are right now, but if you do the right thing, women are going to welcome you because there's so many guys who are not doing the right thing or not even considering it because there's this communication chasm between men and women now that the media and our culture is doing nothing to bring together. It's divisive like everything else that we experience in our society these days. What are your thoughts on that, Sandy? Absolutely. I mean, a lot of times also when I work with a woman who's in a relationship and I'm helping her with her end of it, I help her to understand that the things that her boyfriend is doing are not necessarily bad or thoughtless. He just may not be thinking at all. Like, you know, if he's doing something and she makes up a story about what it means. And so on both ends, we really have to stop assuming anything. We need to check things out. We need to stop imagining that people communicate in the same exact way that we do or that they process information exactly the same way we do, because we don't. And when we do that, we get into this trap of of assuming the worst in somebody instead of assuming the best and then checking things out so we know the truth. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic advice. Um... Fear. Fear is a big factor also. When people have been uh, in a long-term relationship, they're getting back in the dating game, they have a lot of fear and sometimes self-confidence issues, et cetera. What is your advice to the ladies out there and also the men in terms of how to how to deal with fear? Obviously, and it's in your book, Woman of Value, the choice that we make all the time is between love and fear. But when it comes to dating, what do we do? Well, look at your fears and see if they really are true. Most of the time, they're not true. They're based on something that happened in the past. And we tend to project the past to the present. So really look at your fears. Ask yourself, is this really true? Is this without a doubt 100% true? And usually it's not. And then you ask yourself, who do I become when I believe this fear? And this is the Byron Katie method. It's really just so simple. It's, is this true? Is it 100% true? Who do I become when I believe this thought? And what if I flipped it around and made it the opposite? Who would I be? So let's say you have a fear that people will leave you. Everybody leaves me. That's something, abandonment issues, common fear. Is it true that everybody has left you? Mm, Not everybody, some people, okay, right? So when you start to really interrogate the truth of that and you see it's not 100%, then it pokes holes in your fear and what you believe to be true. And then who do I become when I believe this fear? I become afraid to date. I start projecting onto everybody. I self-sabotage. I go on dates and men are turned off or women are turned off. And then who do I become when I believe the opposite? Oh, well, now I believe that people actually might stay. And then 
what character traits do I adapt when I believe men will stay is I'm much more confident. I really believe in myself. I don't sabotage anymore. So it's, it's a process. You have to rewire your brain, but I see it all the time, the projection onto the person in front of you. And this just came up in my Facebook group today. Somebody was talking to somebody they haven't met yet, and he wanted to do a video call. And she had a really great connection with him. And on the video call, she saw that he was heavier than his pictures. And she immediately assumed that he is a liar because she's dated other men who lied. And so should I not continue with him? Should I just assume that this white lie or whatever, his pictures not matching his look, is the truth? And my suggestion was don't project your past onto your present. If you felt a really good connection, and maybe he was insecure about his weight gain. It doesn't mean he's a liar. Get to know him and see if there are other things that come up, but assume the best until he rules himself out by doing something that's actually really, to me, a glaring lie. That would be a reason to walk away. Mm -hmm. I have found that uh, kind of what you anticipate and your expectations are a big thing. And people are uh, going to expect that they're going to get exactly what they read about online. And as we know, anybody on social media, every, it's like, wow, what a great life he or she has. It's not, you're putting your best stuff out there. So I, when I was dating online, I always said, okay, I'm going to go multiply this person times 0.85. If, if she's 85% of what she's cracked up to be online, that's pretty good. And you know what? I found that was a pretty good equation. And sometimes <laughs> the person was 110%. And it was like, wow. And it could really, so that little kind of self game in terms of just managing expectations can be, you can have some pleasant surprises there because I never thought I would get exactly what I saw, but, and read about, but I was, I was pleasantly surprised more often than not. I also always assume that somebody's going to, they're going to lie a little bit about their age or that they're going to show their best pictures. And, you know, you have to just factor that in and be, be a realist. What are your thoughts on that, Sandy? Yeah, not, I think it's not, it's not really lying. It's maybe a little fibbing there, but I expect if they say they're 45 and maybe they're 48, you know, all right, I, I get it. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I'm expecting it. It's yes, you bring up a really good point. And I think, first of all, expectations are just they have to be managed because if you go in expecting the worst or the best, you're going to probably be disappointed on either end. So manage your expectations, come in with an open mind, come in ready to be surprised, come in with an attitude of you're going to make a connection, you're going to have a conversation. I mean, that's all you're going to know. It could be interesting, it could be boring. Bring your best self to the date so that you can bring the conversation out of, some, of somebody might be scared, nervous. So that's one thing to consider. The other thing is the age fib is so common. And to me, that's almost, it's almost expected. I almost don't believe somebody's age when I see it because everybody seems to, not everybody, but most people lie about their age because they want to be found in a search. And my, my litmus test is if they come clean right away, then it's okay. If they don't, then it's a fib. And I, I had a guy once who 
so obviously lied about his age and never came clean. And we were having our first video chat because he lived about an hour and a half, two hours away. And he asked me about my gap year after high school. And it turned out we were both on the same gap year in the same place. So I said, there's no way you are the age that you put in your profile. <laughs> and so he said, no, I'm not. And I said, but you didn't tell me the truth. And he said, but everybody lies. I said, yes. And you didn't tell me the truth. He, like, he didn't get it. Right, right. He just so, kept repeating it. You know, the other thing is, Sandy, there is when you hit, let's say, 50 or so, there's some 50-year-olds, they look like they're 65. And there's others that look like they're 40. And right. I think from that search, your point about the search is important because they say to themselves, I don't want to be lumped in with these people who are like old and maybe think old and act old when I'm really much more vital and take better care of myself. And, you know, there is a big difference in terms of how you how you age um, beyond your genes and all, but how you treat yourself, your diet, your fitness, your spiritual unfoldment, the work you do on yourself, whatever, your interest, your vitality. And so I guess it's kind of understandable, but you, at a certain point, you want the honesty there. You want to know. So I, I, that's a tricky one, I guess, in terms of like, okay, how do you manage the age thing? Because you want to be in the search pod, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I try, I, I tried the age fib at one point because I'm 66 and I know I don't look wow. 66. No, you do not. Um, thank I'd you. Say, like, so. You look like 37. <laughs> You're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll pay you, I'll pay you the bribe later. So much wisdom. (laughs) Right. But I, I couldn't live with myself with the age fib. And I just said, you know what? The people who are going to look at my pictures, they're going to meet me. I mean, we have video chats. I meet people who are happy to date people who are older, younger. I feel better being honest when I'm out there dating. But again, I don't judge people for the a small age fib. If it's a huge one, then that's, okay. that's an issue. Right. Last question. And it's a, uh, uh, and then we'll wrap it up, but um, sex on the first date, you know, guys always want sex on the first date. Now some women want sex on the first date. It can be managed or can it not be managed? <laughs> uh, I don't believe in <laughs> sweeping rules about these things because there are people who have sex on the first date and end up in a 40-year marriage. Mm -hmm. And there are people who have sex on a first date and end up being devastated because they start to get attached. And that's the most common issue. Uh, Women who I have worked with who say they will not get attached, they are absolutely fine, they can stay detached, they just don't. And they have been devastated when the guy just said afterwards, well, you know, I'm only looking for something casual. I think you have to know yourself. There are people, especially after divorce, if you've been in a sexless marriage and you just want to have sex, go have sex, but understand yourself. If you know you are going to get really attached and your heart's going to get broken, then act accordingly. And if you know that you can be casual and it's going to be good for your ego and it's going to be good for you to get out there and jump into it, you know, just be safe. That's all. All right. My very special guest, Sandy Weiner. She's got a great book. It's called Woman of Value. I urge everybody, particularly the ladies out there, you want to get yourself together after a long-term relationship. You want to respect yourself. You want to really be a woman of value. This is a great book and it has um, 
It washes over all different areas of your life. You'll be a better person. You'll be sexier by reading this book. Trust me, it's got so much information in there to help you really understand yourself and get yourself out there. Sandy's uh, podcast, she's got two. The one I'm familiar, most familiar with is Last First Date. Sandy's going to tell us about her other podcast and also some of the events going on and where we can find out more about Sandy Weiner, the Last First Date expert. Thank you so much, Robert. Well, first of all, just a small correction. The book is called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And it's not just for singles. It's for anybody who wants to really improve their life. You can find it on Amazon. It's in paperback and Kindle. Uh, The other podcast is called The Woman of Value Podcast. And in that podcast, I interview women who are creating positive change in the world. It's got a very different format from Last First Date Radio. Basically, women talk about how they stepped into their value and fascinating stories with with women that I admire. Uh, They both can be found on all podcast platforms and events coming up. So I'm always teaching a course. I have a lot of courses on the website as well. And I do work with men as well as women. I open up my practices here to a few men. They have to be coachable, ready to do the work. But I love working with men because it just it it's interesting for me too to have both sexes. Sure. Uh, we have a boundary challenge coming up, and when this airs, we'll be in the middle of it. But you can still enter it. It's a five day challenge. It's free. Every day you'll get a video in the mail of um, in in an email that will give you one challenge to practice to improve your boundaries. You can find it at bitly bit.ly forward slash boundary summit, one word. And then we have a webinar coming up that will be how to say no without feeling guilty or mean or selfish. That's coming up on the 15th of January. And Boundaries oh, course is coming okay. up. Lots of good stuff. And uh, your website? Website website is Last First Date Radio. No, sorry, lastfirstdate.com. Fantastic. Totally. And I got to tell you, just from reading your book as a man, I got a lot out of it about understanding some of the issues that women deal with that men don't necessarily deal with. But ultimately, it's all about value. You have to value yourself, you have to value your choices, you have to have value expectations in other people and you can't kind of lower your standards just to have a relationship because if you have just a soggy kind of boring lower your standards type relationship it's not going to work so keep doing the great work you're doing sandy weiner thank you for being on guys guys radio i want to have you back we'll do something maybe on just on online dating or some other specific topic we'll have a lot of fun with it good to see you thank you robert There's never been a better time for men to be whoever they want to be, yet it's never been less clear who men really are. Guys Guy Radio, starring author Robert Manny, is on KCAA every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Whether it's relationships, sex, wellness, or spirituality, join Robert as he interviews the experts about how men and women can be at their best. Guys Guy Radio, better men, better world. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Okay, a terrific conversation with dating, coaching, and relationship expert Sandy Weiner. She specifically helps women over 40 
but in some cases she works with guys. I wanted to have her on the show to really let the guys know who listen to the show what it is that women want. And I think we learned some things, but we could go on and on and on because as we know, every woman is different and there's a lot of different needs. But the good news is from what Sandy says and from the women that she's spoken to prior to the show, the research she did, and this is kind of what we learned today is that women want guys who are working on themselves, who take the time to appreciate themselves, to want to improve themselves, that have some level of circumspection that take the lead when it comes to the dating process, plan things out, suggest things, don't sit back and wait for the woman to come up with all, all the ideas. Really be a go-getter and do it in a way that's respectful. And always be working on yourselves. We should all work on ourselves at all times, no matter what our age is. And also put the very best personal product out there that interfaces with the rest of the world, because that's what it's all about. So to do that, we have to go inside and do some shadow work and really clear out the garbage and really make ourselves as good as we can be before we put ourselves back on stage, if you will, in that dating pool. Because there's so many people who jump into online dating or whatever, and they're not ready. They don't know what they want. They over-schedule themselves. They meet too, too many people. They're dating and juggling too many relationships and wannabe relationships at the same time that what often happens is somebody of value may slip through the cracks and end up with someone else because you're dating five people at the same time instead of focusing on maybe nurturing one relationship that seems to have some promise before jumping into the next relationship or having four relationships at the same time or wannabe relationships. It's just crazy. And that's what often happens. The other thing that happens frequently is that people don't know what they want. They don't know what they have to offer. Their expectations are unrealistic based on who they are and what they want. They watch porn online and expect everybody that they date is going to be a porn star or something while they're sitting at home drinking monster drinks, watching hockey or whatever. It just doesn't work. You have to do the work. Guys, you got to work on yourselves. you got to think about who you are, what you want, what you have to offer. And then you got to get in sync with the women out there and what they're looking for. And the good news is, from what Sandy had to say, women want guys who are paying attention, who are working on themselves, who are... They, she didn't mention anything about X, you need X amount of money or X amount of job or what car you drive or some, some, what power you have. It was all about, are you working on yourself? Are you doing the best you can as a person? Now, I know how it is. You go out there and a lot of... Potential partners are interested in what car you drive or how much money you have or what your potential is that way. And, it's, and sometimes we just have a plan, but the plan hasn't come to fruition yet and people don't want to wait for that. I get it. But from what Sandy had to say about the women she spoke to, they're looking for values. They're looking with guys who value themselves and value their potential partners. So please keep that in mind. Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening on KCAA in Southern California at 8 p.m. Pacific time. 106.5 FM, 10.50 AM. The show rebroadcasts every Sunday, 6 PM Pacific time. The podcast, YouTube, and Rumble post every Thursday worldwide. You can also catch me on UK Health Radio, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So we're there. We're there throughout the week. You can watch us. You can listen. You can download. You can stream. You can listen live. There's no excuse not to find us or Guys Guys Radio. And if you enjoy the content and the guests I bring you each and every week to the show, I ask you one favor. Please subscribe wherever you consume the content for Guys Guys Radio. I thank you so much. I want to thank 
my special guests I've had over the years, the last, I don't know, about half a dozen years, we've had 700 plus uh, thought leaders that I've interviewed, uh, and we've done 450 plus shows now. And I also want to thank Chris, my wonderful producer, Ryan, my strategy guy. But most of all, I want to thank you, our growing global audience. We're everywhere now. The show's been downloaded in over 100 countries, and I've always believed from the beginning that the strength of the Guys Guys brand and our brand message, Better Men, Better World, is global. It's something that we can all benefit from and something we want to push out there and have guys raise the roof, raise the level, have all the ships rise with the high tide. Guys can do it, and it's a good thing for the world if guys better themselves, because better men, better world. I'm going to see you next week, right back here. And like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first.